It is another episode of the Spirit of 2016 podcast. Northern Ireland won, Romania won. We just can't win in this competition. My name's Andy Bell, and hopefully slightly more inspiring than this game will be my guest, Peter Baker. And for the first time, Ben Harshaw. Ben, welcome. Thank you very much. Cheers for having me. No problem at all. I'll start with you. What did you sort of think of that? First half was dire, wasn't it? I mean, I was saying in the pre-pod there, it was like uh, I was considering going for a nap at half time. It was hard to watch and it just had the feel of a, a, a dead rubber right from the start until until we sort of got a bit of a kick from this uh, at half time, didn't it? Yeah, I was uh, contemplating going into a voluntary coma during the first half. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, the, the disappointing thing, from even from the first half especially, Romania were really there for the take and we were... It was it was like a, a friendly, which I know essentially it was because because of the situation. But we we definitely could have made more of it. Romania were there for the taking, Pete, and you know they're not a fantastic side, and it's a bit annoying that we've we've gone down. No, I mean we're, we could have a chat a bit later in the show, maybe about whether this relegation is a, a good thing or a bad thing, or whether it benefits our chances for Euro twenty twenty four or whatever. And um, but. On a football level, to finish below that Romania side, they're not fantastic. I didn't think they were fantastic in Bucharest. They're not great tonight. They didn't really look like scoring at any point. Um, it's a disappointing enough result, isn't it? Yeah, I'd, I'd just echo what you guys have said. They were there for the taking. I mean, watching the first half, the guys just look really leggy and tired. I can't, I'll can't. i be honest, I can't really remember a huge amount from the first half. Uh, second half looked a lot better. Um, I thought we played, or we looked pretty comfortable got the goal and just got it that we couldn't hold on for that first Nations League victory. So a bit disappointed, but sort of just glad the Nations League's done and dusted for a while. We can leave it, leave it be. Yeah, leave it where it, leave it where it belongs, Ben. And what, what do you think it was uh, in that first half? I know there's not a lot to talk about, but I sort of felt that Romania set up very similarly to how Slovakia did on Thursday night in that Maybe we're slightly the victims of our own success in a way because teams now, I think, good teams like Romania, like Slovakia, like you know, teams of that sort of ilk, come to Windsor Park and and maybe know we we have a bit of a threat. We're better than what we were even like six, eight, ten years ago. And it's difficult because when when teams do that, obviously, you know, you you have experience of like San Marino and Estonia and Belarus or whatever coming to Windsor Park, and they're always going to do that, and they always have done that, but. When Romania and Slovakia sort of do it, it's we struggle to break them down. I mean, what what do you think is the answer to that? Is it a formation change, or do we just not have a sort of creative player who can create that create those couple of chances that can get us the the extra goal? I I think I think there's two two ways of looking at that because I was surprised by Romania because yes, it is a compliment in terms of that they came. They look very much happy for a point, um, but. If I was a Romania manager or Romania players at this stage, I mean, we've hardly been in scintillating form, have we? I'd be going there thinking, here's a chance to beat this team. Uh, you know, and especially when we don't have likes of Davis and stuff in there too. Um, so I, I was surprised. But yeah, I think formation-wise, the funny it's funny, it's I'm going to contradict myself because the, the three at the back actually look pretty good. But at the same time, I feel like, I feel like we're missing something creativity-wise in the midfield um but by do by playing that i was impressed by Lexa kennedy um but but the fact that he had to be you know conscious of defensive duties as well maybe maybe took something a little bit away from him yeah i thought pete i thought it was a bit tight to put kennedy on the left on the left and dallas on the right given that you know dallas has obviously got what over 50 caps for northern ireland and you know plays on the left for leeds and sort of for kennedy's first game um at first i thought he was a bit uncomfortable on the left but then he actually has a decent left foot on him as well. Like, uh, 
when he st- sort of started to start mixing it up um, and going on his left and whipping crosses in. I mean, he produces a chance for for Boyce at one point towards the end of the first half where Boyce should do better. Um, he produces a chance for McCann just after the goal. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an encouraging debut for him in, in a position or positions where we, we need players to start coming through and showing themselves. Yeah, it was nice to see a genuine winger. Obviously, with Jordan Jones being excluded from the squad, we've and McGinn getting a bit long on the tooth now. Um, we are really lacking in those positions. But Kennedy coming on, it was refreshing to see a winger attack the fullback every yeah. time he got the ball. And yeah, he did have some quality on his left foot there. I think Boyce maybe could have done better with that header, as you mentioned. Um, but he looked like a bit of a threat. You know, he gave the Romania right back uh, quite a bit of trouble. So that's definitely a positive. He's he's done his chance. He's done himself a lot of favors, I think, with that performance, and I'm sure it'll be included in the next squad. Just just as a differential to give us something a bit different going forward. Yeah, Ben, just to stick with Kennedy for a bit. Do you think he's sort of he's forced his way into into potentially a conversation about getting in the starting lineup for the next game? Because we have we've talked on these podcasts before. We have these players for a three five two now. We've got center halves who who benefit from it. We've got the wing backs to play it. You know whether it's Dallas and Lewis or conventionally fullbacks or somebody like Kennedy who can drop back in and do a job there. I mean, he's definitely put himself in the um, in a, Ian Barclough's in Ian Barclough's plans at the very least with with that performance tonight. I was really impressed with him. I was disappointed actually when he came off. Yeah, it was it was you know it was a limited limited opportunity. I was disappointed when he came off because I thought he was he was lively, he was energetic, um, and that, that's what we're really looking for. Um, and yeah, I, I think he has to be he has to be in with a shout of getting into the team again, um, because he, he wanted to take people on. And okay, it didn't come off for him most times, or, or you know, but the fact that he is taking people on that that's that's what we're looking for, and that's that's how we are going to create things and getting getting ahead of the fullback and getting the ball into the box. You know, is something that we 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 really have lacked. I think we lacked that in the last. Well, certainly against Slovakia, we lacked it. Yeah, we we sort of talked about Jordan Jones before as being that one player in the squad that we don't have a duplicate of, really. It's like, mm. you know, we've got reliable players, we've got good players who can come in and do a job in every position, but it's that sort of, I, I don't want to say mercurial quality about, um, I can't say that word for the life, <laughs> life of me. Um, I don't want to say that about Matty Kennedy because we've only seen, what, 66 minutes of him. Um, but, you know, definitely it would, it, you know, Okay, maybe World Cup qualifiers coming up in March is a triple header. They must win games, but there are going to be friendlies coming up in June as well in the lead up to the Euros, and we're going to get a bit more of a chance to have a look at these guys. I think Barclough will have that in mind. Um, Pete, second half starts, and for about 15 minutes, it's a bit more exciting. I mean, as I say, at the end of that first half, I, I, I was thinking I don't have the energy to do a podcast. I was having balls of crunchy now. I was getting fresh air in the flat. Like I was, I was pulling out all the strings. Um, and it, it automatically started, as, as we say, Kennedy um, has a good run and um, sort of gets the crowd up a little bit, attacking the cop in the second half. And and the goal's a really nice move, isn't it? You know, McNair to, to Smith, who had no idea Smith had that delivery, that loan on his left foot. Um, and will we give it to Boyce, will we? I think you've got to. <laughs> Scruffy as yeah. it was, you've got to give it to him. I mean, if, if, a te- if a team's not literally putting the ball in the net for us, they're stopping it on the line for one of the top in, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. And I was I thought I thought Michael Smith was actually really good in the centre midfield role tonight. He was he was pinging passes out to the wings. Um so I mean he's he's potential backup there if we're short. Um 
he's also a bit more defensive minded than other midfielders that we seem to have. It might give Davis a bit more license to go forward or McNair a bit more license to go forward. And yeah, the, the cross he put in for the goal was really impressive as well. It's really, I was just very impressed with Smith. I didn't know he had it in him. Um, but in general, the start of the second half was a lot more promising. Uh, I was relieved. More than anything, it made me a bit more interested in the game, if I'm honest. Um, and we looked pretty comfortable. I thought we were the team who were going to score. I didn't see Romania quitting a chance. Um, so that, that was quite promising. It was a decent spell of play. It's just, I think, the substitutions at the end changed the game. Um, yeah. I'm sure you'll touch on. Yeah, well, maybe come on to talk about that at the end, Ben. But there, there are two things with Smith. The first thing, first half, I mean... I mean, going back to, to Austria on Sunday, I thought Smith was really good. He, he did what he had to do. He protected the back four. He kept it neat and tidy. Uh, and he was doing that again today. But maybe in the first half an hour or whatever, I was thinking, it's not really what we need. I was sort of thinking, well, Galbraith can do this and offer a little bit more going forward. And But he really did sort of come on in his own as the, as the game grew on. And he, he plays that pass in for the goal or the cross, I should say. And he, there's another, there's another pass as Pete says. He pings out to the wings, which is really impressive. And he does have that quality in the ball. And maybe you don't really get to see that at wing back as much or at right back, um, because he is a bit limited in that respect. But when he's in midfield and he has the whole game ahead of him, um, it seems to suit him. Could you see him playing in that role or being an asset for us in that holding midfield role going forward? I, I like Michael Smith, um, but I, I, I really, I really think if, if. Tonight's game, given that there was basically nothing to play for, I, I think it was a waste putting him in there. Now it's not it's not to take anything away from his performance because he was solid and he was he, in fact he was more than solid. He was good going forward. Um, but I, I feel like you know is he is Michael Smith playing in that midfield role? Is that the future for us? It's it's not, is it? So I I would have rather seen the likes of Galbraith in the midfield with nothing to lose. Give give a kid a chance. Um. And try and build a bit more for the future because if you look if you look at that you know the likes of um McCann McNair and Galbraith for example I mean that 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 has to be the future for us in midfield um and and I would like you know would would you rather have um Corey Evans in there or Smith in the midfield if you were if you were playing that role I think probably Corey Evans gives you a little bit more energy um but the problem the problem I sort of have with it. Pete, I mean, I think I think Ben's maybe slightly harsh on Smith there. I actually did think he really grew into tonight, although I, I was sort of thinking along the same lines as you, Ben, the first sort of half hour. But Pete, Barraclough, I mean, everything we've heard about him, the interviews we've done on this podcast from supporters of previous teams he's managed, they've all said he likes that anchor in midfield, and we don't really have that. As much as Davis plays that role, and he, he brings so much to that role, it's maybe not that exact sort of type of player that 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 Barclough wants there whereas he's tried Smith out there and okay Smith isn't like a, a six foot five bulldog but he is just doing those sort of things at the minute and you know maybe Liam Donnelly will will grow into that for us at some point maybe not we'll just need to see how he develops but it is a position of concern really because even if you look at the the players in midfield coming through Galbraith's not really going to play the six McCann's certainly not um, and you don't really want McNair doing it either do you? No, McNair is a lot better when he's further up the pitch, I think, unless he's playing in defence, obviously. I don't think Thompson offers that either, playing in the holding role. No, definitely not. So maybe that maybe that's something we need if we're playing three at the back. It means the fullbacks can get up the pitch and then we've got one guy sitting back, sort of protecting the the defence. Um, and if 
Barclough develops this system of playing 3-5-2 and he needs a holding midfield player, then maybe Michael Smith is the option. I know it might not be the most inspiring selection, but sometimes at this level, at a Northern Ireland team, we need to be functional and we need to get a system that works as opposed to playing our more exciting players like Galbraith or McCann um, all the one time. Yeah, we'll come on to talk about Ali McCann in just a minute because we are going to sort of talk at length because I think he's just been amazing these last two games. But Ben, Paddy McNair is... I'm, I'm interested to get your take on this because me and Pete have talked about it in the last couple. Um, but at Middlesbrough, Paddy McNair and George Havel don't play in the same midfield. That hasn't worked there um, because they both like to be that that third midfielder, the guy who's sort of the link between the midfield and attack. And I think Paddy McNair has been really good in the last couple of games when, when George Savile actually hasn't been there. And I'm not one of these people who rips into George Savile. I think, you know, he's become sort of the whipping boy on um, for Northern Ireland fans in the last couple of, uh, last, uh, last year or so, really. But what's your sort of take on the composition of the midfield? Because I thought it was very balanced tonight. And sometimes when Savile and McNair are in the same midfield, I don't think we have that balance. Yeah. Um, well, Paddy McNair is my favourite Northern Ireland player, and I think he's fantastic. I think he offers us so much both going forward and, and coming back. Um, and I think I actually think he has looked better in the midfield lately as well. Um, whether that's because Savile isn't there or not, I don't know. Um, I think he, I think partly yes, that does play a part in it. But I think he's growing into a role now with, with with the younger players around him. He's, he's, you know, I know he's young himself, but he's becoming like almost like a senior senior player for Northern Ireland. Um, and and, and he's, he's sort of taking on that sort of leadership role. Um, and he's brilliant. The one thing I would like to see with Paddy McNair is I know that he puts a good corner in and a good cross in. I'd like to see maybe Ali McCann or someone taking that and Paddy in there to head mm-hmm. in the net. Um, yeah. Which we've missed, we've missed since we've obviously lost Big G um, and stuff. We've, we've really, that, that threat from set pieces was massive for us and we've lost that. And we know that McNair can do that. So we need to try and, you know, capitalize on that as much as possible. Yeah, that that's sort of an interesting one because I, I thought McNair's delivery was a lot better tonight, just to stick with you in this, Ben. But it was... People say his delivery's crap all the time, and you know it's not. It's hit and miss. It's hit and miss. It's not dreadful. It's not like obviously as, as football fans we can be hyperbolic about these sort of things. But I mean, I, I did think, especially given that's his third game, well, his third start in in a week in this international triple header, and given that he's sort of been playing more or less every midweek in the championship as it is now. I mean, championships always playing midweek anyway. Now it's a more congested season. It's really it's really tight to give him those three games. And I thought at times he looked a little bit leggy, but given that, um, you know, almost in the circumstances he could be man of the match, given how knackered he looked and, and the quality he was still able to produce. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was surprised actually your your last podcast that you did that you were talking about man of the match and he wasn't talked in Austria because I thought he was mm-hmm. I thought he was great there as well. Um, I thought his crossing was a lot better tonight. Um, people, people for some reason have this thing that he can't cross. He's inconsistent with his crossing. He can cross. Yeah. It's, Same it's, with the set piece delivery. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but McNair for me is definitely is one of the first first on the team sheet. And and to be honest with you, he's he's for Northern Ireland. He's seven out of ten at, at minimum. Um, every game. And and you know when you when you consider like you said the three games he's played in and and this. You know, I was surprised to see him at Austria after the state that he went off in, in the in the final, um, with a cramp, and I was surprised to see him and then to play again tonight. You know. Yeah, I even I even thought he might do he might do a game in the back three at some point because obviously you're not as 
back and forth in that position you can sort of conserve your energy a little bit but you're you're absolutely right i completely agree with you and as we were saying on sunday like he now has to step up i mean there's all this chat about the end of an era which i despise i hate that sort of like i don't see why we have to create that sort of narrative but i went a big rant about it on sunday and i'm not going to do so tonight but he really does have to have to be that player now that steps up and is that davis i mean we're saying dallas is starting to do that now or well he is that for us now i don't think there's any doubt about that and but in, in order to make sure this isn't sort of the end of an era as people as people keep dubbing it I think McNair and Lewis and those types of players really do need to step up. Okay, uh, Pete, talk to me about Ali McCann. Um, I said in my preview, sort of right up on the Facebook page, I said, you know, tonight's more a game for Galbraith. McCann was, on Sunday, was brilliant. The interceptions at the pressing, at the just nicking the ball and, and, and using it smartly. Um, and I sort of thought, well, let's watch him tonight. He's not a player I've ever watched before, I have to be honest. But I thought, let's sort of watch him tonight and let's see you know, what he can do on the ball when he's a bit more space and when he actually has to sort of create something. Um, and 30 seconds in, he skins a fellow, wins a free kick, and he, he doesn't stop from there. Like, I thought he was great again tonight. Yeah, I'm the same as you. I, I obviously haven't had much of a chance to watch him up in Scotland. Um, I, th- I think he's great. I'll be honest, as a fan, I want to see him on the team sheet in the, team sheet in the next game. Um, he's exciting. He actually he provides something different in our midfield that we've lacked. Uh, I'm sure he can provide, if he's given more chances, he can provide that moment of creativity. Um, considering he's only two caps in, he looks really comfortable. Um, I suppose comparing him and Galbraith, he's probably more equipped to international football at the minute because he used to play in men's football at this stage. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Galbraith hasn't been exposed to that as much playing under 23 level, and I'm sure he'll learn. But uh, McCann looks like a really decent operator. And I'd you'd be hard pressed not to start him in the next game beside yeah. McNair and then Davis if he decides to come back. And that's an interesting point, Ben, that Pete makes just there. Um about the fact he's played the he's played you know, basically two two full seasons of Scottish League. You know, a league where it is a bit more physical, the emphasis is a bit more on that side of the game. And he's obviously, he's had to go through that period, I assume, at some point where he's had to fill out a little bit and he's had to, you know, become a man almost, uh, to, use a, to use a phrase that Pete made. I mean, is this the first time you've seen him this international break? Because it certainly is for me and Pete. Um, and what have you thought of him over these two games? It's actually not. Um, I, I watch a lot of Scottish football, uh, watch Rangers, and I actually noticed them towards the end, just before lockdown, actually. Rangers drew away to St. Johnson, um, and he he was brilliant. And at that stage, I didn't even know he was. Uh, only during the commentary, it said uh, he's a Northern Ireland interna- under-21 international. So I was delighted um, because he was really he was really putting it about. He looks so light, but he actually can you know mix it physically um, more than what when you look at him, you would expect. Um, and he was—he's good on the ball. He's calm. I thought—I thought that where he near scored tonight, his yeah. technique was very good to even get that shot away and get it so close. It was a great he effort. He placed it. Um, so no, I'd seen him before, but I was—I was really—I was, really, was really excited to see him starting. Um, and and as Pete said there, to me, to me, the place is his now to lose. Uh, he, he didn't look like a fellow that's just come into it. He looked like a fellow that's been playing, you know, 20, 30 internationals and, it, it, you know, that he's ready for this level. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited about him um, for the future. You know, we're not get carried away, but, but yeah, he, he's a real positive out of this. There's not been many positives from this international break, but he's definitely one of them. Yeah, and Ben, me and you watch like a fair bit of the under-21s. Obviously, I couldn't really see it last night because nobody could see yeah. the ball. Um, 
Pete selfishly and fickly was doing frontline work yesterday instead of watching the game, so we'll, we'll, we'll not mention that. But um, <laughs> so, uh, but but something I've noticed in the under twenty ones, I don't know whether you've noticed it then when you've been watching in Scotland, and I sort of referenced it there. Was his his build? I mean, when I first saw like a photo of this guy, because he just looks like a six year old kid, like yeah. he's got that baby face. You sort of think, oh, is he going to be in that sort of Galbraith mode or whatever? But the first time I actually saw him for the under twenty, uh, the under twenty one, sorry. It's going to say under 23s there, but that's the Premier League, isn't it? Uh, the under 21s, um, I, I actually, I, I, I made a mistake there. I actually have seen him before for the under 21s. I meant I hadn't seen him in at club level yeah. uh, much. But the thing I noticed about him is he's taller than you think. He's more physical than you think, but it doesn't impact on his his technical quality. I mean, from what you've seen of him, and I know, I know you sort of you saw the same the game against Rangers. It's hard to follow St. Johnson, but like. I saw somebody tell me he just needs to add a few more goals to his game and maybe that's all he can do. But at 20 years old, like he's he's got his whole career ahead of him pretty much. And he could be a guy that could be in that midfield for, for 10, 12 years if he plays his cards right, you know? I think so. I think, I mean, the goal, I think the goals will come. He, he might not end up being a prolific goal scorer, but he has the technical ability. So surely, surely shots will happen. And I mean, that, that shot tonight was not an easy one to execute, as I've said before. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the goals will come. And I think also he, he seems to have a good eye for a pass, so he will create as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, he will be there as far as I can see. He'll be there for the next 10 years unless something badly happens. Um, <laughs> he looks he looks good to me. Well, he can't defect back to Scotland now, can he? <laughs> he's, he's tied down. Happy days. Um, Pete, just to sort of wrap up on the game itself, um, oh, maybe we'll just have a chat about their goal. I mean, Cregan was blaming Ballard a bit for it, but... I don't know. I feel like in a back three, you're able to sort of go out to those full-back positions and engage with the, the winger or whoever's on the ball. And I didn't think he was adequately covered, really, you know, given that we're, we're so tight at that point, given that we had, like, um, for example, McLaughlin was on at that point playing defensive midfield. And, you know, you've got Johnny Evans and Cathcart to cover that space, I think. And Ballard's sort of an easy one to point a finger at, but I thought he was great tonight, and I didn't actually think he was at fault for that goal at all. Yeah, I, I, I thought Ballard was really good tonight. You know, he's... Another exciting young talent coming through for the the international team, which is a rare thing that we've set, rare thing to say in recent years. Yeah, the goal's a different one. I mean, I'm not going to claim to be a football expert here and point fingers there. Uh, maybe Ballard could have turned quicker. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure who would have covered there. Maybe would Evans have come across, or sorry, Cathcart was playing in the middle of the cover. Um, after the guy got round Ballard after the one-two, I'm not too sure. Um, yeah. it was just it was just a terrible goal to see and wasn't I was just oh flip's sake not again I, I, I don't know who to blame for it to be honest with you I don't think there was an individual an obvious individual error there well the last point I want to make yeah. on the game on the game Ben is I, I agree with Pete I don't think there was an ind- necessarily an individual error I thought maybe there were a plethora of minor mistakes which opened up a bit of space which they took from but you know, we defended well in that game overall. Like each of the three defenders, I think Ballard and Evans especially, are were up there for man of the match. And, and Cathcart makes an important block at one point. I don't want to leave sort of leave him out of it as well. But is there a mentality problem? Because I'm just sort of thinking, like, okay, I think everyone could have forgiven Holland given the quality of the side. But then in in Austria and and tonight again, I mean, it's maybe been slightly influenced by the substitutes as well. And I don't know really. Like, I didn't really get bringing McLaughlin on. Um, you know, at that point, we had a lot of control of the game remaining. You know, they had a couple of forays forward, a couple of good blocks from us. But I don't know if it's just me being pessimistic and 
uh, and it, it's a problem I need to sort out, but it does feel like when we score, there's a bit of an inevitability that the other team's going to get a big chance based on nothing from the game, really. Yeah, I mean, defense, defensively, I thought we were pretty solid um, tonight. I thought Johnny Evans was absolutely superb. And I think I think Ballard is growing so much. I mean, you, you think of Ballard when he first came in. He first came in, I said, this kid's not ready. But the difference from him now, to, and that's only, what, two months? Um, the difference is uh, amazing. It's night and day. And it, and a part of that is, of course, he's now playing club football. Um, but he's growing. And one, I don't one, I don't blame him for the goal. Um, but but if 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 anyone had to blame for him, the kid the kid's young, he's gonna learn. But I thought it was a good one. I thought it was a good, uh, quite a good one-two played by Romania there. And if if anyone was to blame, I'm not sure who it was, but whoever let the runner come off him from midfield, yeah. Uh, was to blame not not any of the three centre backs and, and and Ballard no I I I I don't blame him at all I thought he was solid I thought he was solid in Austria and I thought he was solid tonight and we need we need to like you know it's 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 rich of Craigan to be you know <laughs> I'd certainly rather have a Ballard than a prime Craigan let's put it that way yeah hundred um, percent so no I I I you know I'm I'm happy with the the three defenders tonight um. The, the substitutions, as you as you just alluded to there, I mean, I think they they really ruined what we were doing in the game. Um, another player I wanted to highlight, I thought I thought Liam Boyce was very good. I mean, holding the ball up, drawn drawn fouls, um, and 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 it's no coincidence. I don't think that the goal against Slovakia, who's in the middle, you know, hassling defenders, Liam Boyce, who played very well in Austria, and and again tonight, and uh, you know, I think I think taking him off was a real mistake. I like Josh McGuinness, but. Um, I don't think Josh was in the game at all. So if it was taken off one of the strikers, that that's who it would have been. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just sort of uh, I'm just going to rattle through a couple of Facebook comments here. Uh, well, the first one, and we'll be able to sort of talk about Boyce and Josh after, because um, it comes from Matty Alexander Ballantyne. He says Big Josh can't start. And he goes on to say McCann and Ballard looking like they're ready to be squad players, and good to see Galbraith Smith very solid in midfield. Uh, Pete, just sort of on the first thing Matty mentions there. I mean, I did think Boyce was really good in Austria, and I thought he was good. He, I thought he sort of burst into life second half tonight. Um, but I'm just not sure about Boyce McGuinness, really, I think. One of them, and then a, like a Washington or even a White, really. Uh, I would like to have seen White from the start tonight. Um, I know he's not been getting much football, but just to, just to offer that pace in behind and to buzz about, because I sort of felt first half that Boyce was winning his headers and McGuinness was winning his headers, but nothing was really sticking, and I didn't really know why we needed both up there. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, I, I think we, we sort of discussed this on Sunday as well. Boyce and, Boyce and McGuinness seem too similar to play up top. You know, I mean, from my basic understanding of football, you might have one guy up there who can be the target man, win the headers, knock the ball down to someone else who's a bit more agile and quick. Yeah. You can get it behind the defence, like a Washington or like a White. Um, I know on Sunday, I think I mentioned that I would have liked to see White start up there as well. With Boyce, because that combination has worked a bit better in the past. Um, I'm not altogether too sure what starting both Boyce and McGuinness was there to achieve, to be honest with you. Um, And as we've seen in the past, McGuinness is more effective, or seems to be more effective coming off the bench. I think he's got four goals in his last six games off the bench. Mm -hmm. So just someone to bring on, disrupt the defence, make them a bit uncomfortable. He can nick you a goal in the last few minutes if you need one, but I don't think you can start both. Yeah, forward. yeah, 
that's fair. That's fair. Let me rattle through a few Facebook and Twitter comments and see if that brings anything up from the game that we haven't talked about. Uh, Neil Stato McCulloch says change changes change, the change of system made very little sense. McLaughlin should have went to right wing back. Dallas pushed forward. Um, McCann Ballard were brilliant again. McCann looks like a young Davis. Um, I don't know if he means aesthetically or in terms of how he plays, but I think you can probably say both after that. Um, I actually I, I agree with what Neil's saying there about the uh, McLaughlin should have gone to right wing back because. Putting Dallas into the midfield, I mean, I know he was knackered by that point, but, you know, it was one of those where it was, uh, if you put Dallas into midfield and you have a midfield of Dallas, Galbraith and McCann, you know, it's not negative. You're still going to get that second goal. And I think we maybe kind of invited them onto us uh, a little bit. Ryan Adams says, McCann, the best find we've had in a long while. Great player. Ballard, excellent again too. Yeah, I wonder who's going to come out on top of the man of the match pool. Um, every single every single comment mentioning McCann here. Um, let me see if I can rattle through one uh, before uh, that, that doesn't include McCann. Joshua Wilkinson says, Michael Smith, man of the match for me. Done very well in midfield, pushing to start there. Uh, Stephen Salters, yeah, Ali McCann, man of the match by a mile. Um, I, don't think, I don't think the man of the match is going to take too long, lads. Who was it for you, McCann? Yeah, go for McCann. Easy, easy choice. Yeah, um, I wasn't. Yeah, I wasn't even sure who else to put in the poll. I mean, there were five or six decent enough performances. Um, Johnny was up there, and I have to say, what was that? Sorry, man. Johnny Evans, I thought was up there. Like, yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I actually didn't make the Twitter one. Um, I was. I wanted to put him McNair in, but obviously, you can only have the four options. Um, sixty-five votes. McCann, seventy-eight percent. Uh, Ballard 12%, Smith 8%, and Candy 2%. Yeah, no arguments there. Um, let me rattle through some uh, Twitter comments just before we go on to do something for a bit of crack at the end. Um, Stuart Neely says, again, took the lead, sat back and allowed opponents to come at us again, punished. Um, we used to have a solid defence. What's happening? McCann, another great performance. Candy, superb debut. Galbraith, not on long enough. Uh, Katrina Fitzpatrick says Galbraith definitely a rising star, but Ali McCann deserves his time in the spotlight as well. And um, both will do NI proud in the future. Uh, the team is certainly a work in progress under Barraclough, and I think we might see them do great things soon enough. Yeah, um, can't disagree with that. Let me do one more. Sean McBrien says at times it was frustrating to watch, um, although that's her third match in six days. Yeah, and um, McCann, McNair, and Smith all played well, but we lack creativity and somebody that can break the lines with a penetrating pass in the final third. Ben, just on that point uh, that was read out in the last tweet there, um, triple headers. I mean, there's going to be triple headers coming up in March uh, and, and October uh, of next year in terms of the World Cup qualifiers. And that would have worried me in the past because at times, even under Michael O'Neill, even in those glory years, would sometimes play a friendly against a half-decent team. And if we made a couple of changes, we'd get hammered. Whereas I think Barraclough, I don't know whether he stumbled across it or whether he always intended to use this formation, but it's a formation that works with slightly lesser players, players with a bit less quality. And are you are you worried about the idea of triple headers or are you more confident about them in the last sort of few months since Barclough's come in? What's your sort of take on it? Um I'm I'm not I'm not overly confident in Barclough, um, but I am I am confident in, in the squad in terms of um having different options. What worries me with the three five two going forward, you know, if you were to get this scenario, I know I know we did well in Austria and all the other night, but if you're getting this scenario where you're missing, you know, Johnny Evans for for say two, for say two games out of a three games, I think we would really suffer. Cathcart too. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know if I have the quality and reserve to be to be playing three centre backs all the time. Uh, but but yeah, we 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 have got the balance, and I think I think the good thing about this is we we've started to find the likes of McCann, which has been wonderful. 
um, and and we've we've also now got Galbraith. But the one thing I would say about Galbraith is everybody needs to chill. Like, see, yeah, yeah, uh, Craigan, like saying the young superstar, he's not a superstar yet. Let, yeah. let him just play. I, I was waiting on him pulling out the next George Best line that they all like to say. Mm-hmm. But like, just let the kid find his feet, play some football, and give him time. Stop putting pressure on him. Yeah, P, I I sort of agree with that. I mean, I've been sort of guilty on Twitter, but I'm just doing it for a laugh on Twitter. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's one of those where he is he's only 19, and okay, everyone's seen these clips of him doing these mad skills in the other 21s and stuff. But you know, he we can't re- pin all our hopes on him because there are a lot of players that are are this good at his at his age and 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 don't end up developing sort of as you'd expect. It's sort of like maybe maybe one in five of a Galbraith turns into a real superstar. Um, and I, 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 if I was him, if I was his advisor, his agent or whatever, I'd tell him, get off Twitter, get off all social media. Don't listen to anything the media is saying about you, especially in Northern Ireland. Just keep your head down and keep working and you'll do all right. Yeah, absolutely. If anything, I think McCann's the one. He's just come out of nowhere. He deserves he's, the hype, really. Yeah, I mean, he's... I mean, for me, I'm the one, I'm pinning my hopes in McCann for the next 10 years. But anyway, um, yeah, with Galbraith, I think... It was a difficult game for him to come on when it when it's one one. We're under the cosh a bit. He's got ten minutes to try and do something. Um, when he had that chance and was sort of put through, he looked a bit like a rabbit in the headlights. Um, I think he's just that's, not his, that's that's not his fault. I mean, that's just it, that's his first touch in international football. I mean, how how would you feel? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, normally you just want to get a few simple passes in, get your confidence. And build yourself into the game instead of having a great opportunity for your feet. He was probably yeah. in three minds. I didn't know what to do, but you can't blame him for that. No, uh, not at all. Um, and I said, sorry, go ahead. Hopefully, more to come in the future. I'm sure we'll get more chances. Like, absolutely, yeah, and sort of looking towards those games in June next month, where there, there probably will be friendlies as other teams not us warm up for the Euros, but we'll not go back there, will we? Um, okay, talking about the, the World Cup qualifiers, I thought, you know, it's been a bit of a miserable week for Northern Irish football. These podcasts have been, you know, a bit of a slog at times. So I thought, you know, just going into the, the next four months of abyss, uh, we don't play a game until March. Um, the World Cup qualifying draw is coming up on the 7th of December. So I've asked these lads to uh, simulate a World Cup draw. So, Pete, you've got pot one and pot five in front of you. You've, uh, oh, I have. Oh, sorry, sorry, uh, Ben. You've pot one and pot five. Pete, you've pot two and pot four. So these guys have yeah. have the uh, the ten teams on a bit of paper in a hat or in a mug. I don't know, don't know what you're using, but as long as it's uh, as long as it's random, not one of these fixes. Uh, and I've got pot six in front of me just in case we need it because if we draw pot one team who's playing in the Nations League finals, um, then it's a five team group. But then if we don't, um, then all the games can be played and it's a six team group. Uh, okay, Ben, you've pot one. Let's have a chat about pot one before we do this completely meaningless draw. Um, let me rattle through the teams. Belgium, France, England, Portugal, Spain, Croatia, Italy, Denmark, Germany, and the Netherlands. I mean, you're looking... You're, well, you're, first of all, you're looking at a, a pot where every team's a lot better than us, and that's just the reality of it, and that always sort of has been the reality of pot one. But you're maybe looking to Croatia and Denmark who could maybe flap it coming to Windsor, and you could maybe take some points off. I don't know, or do you just think that's... Uh, you know, part one's sort of out of the equation, concentrating the rest of them. Well, Denmark's the one that I, I obviously, although Denmark are a good team, like, but they're the one that I obviously uh, automatically look to and you would hope for and think we'll have a chance of, you know, getting a result from them. 
Um, although when you say that, it's sometimes it's the bigger teams that we play better against and we struggle against the smaller ones. So you just never know. Uh, pot one, pot one's going to be difficult to ever get, isn't it? Yeah, Pete, do you fancy England? Absolutely, mate. Given what happened last time, England <laughs> ended up at Windsor. <laughs> if I mean, if we don't get Denmark from a purely selfish point of view, I want to see us get France. <laughs> purely to see Mbappe at Windsor Park. Oh, uh, yeah. By Johnny Evans. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. I think okay. every team there would be favourites to, to beat us. What I'd like I'm, to see is a team that would comfortably beat everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. I'm, I'm ben, is there any team there that you see and you think like not even from a football, not even from like a, a getting points point of view? Is there any team like you want to see at Windsor? Uh, I don't want Germany again. I'm, I'm a bit sick of them. Not gonna lie. Although I take them on their performance last night. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I always like Spain and the way Spain play football. Um, it's hard not to like. Um, and 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 as Pete said, a team a team that would run away with a group would be would be ideal, wouldn't it? And Spain, I think, would do that. France yeah, well. I wouldn't wouldn't mind seeing France myself. So I guess one of the things, if if you do get a really strong pot one team, it means as you say, they're going to take points off everyone, and then yeah. you're looking at that pot two or pot four team, depending on what draw you get, and you're just looking at that as a kind of playoff and make sure you you win your games against the other ones. Um, all right, Ben, draw us a pot one team here. We're playing. All right, let's see. It's, it'll all go well until I put Brazil out here. <laughs> uh, Netherlands. Netherlands again. Mm. again. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I don't really know who's. Uh, I, I don't really know what they're at right now. Under Kuman, I'd have fancied them again. Um, not least because well, I don't think he's very good, and obviously he rattled a load of us up, didn't he, last time? So yeah, yeah that'll be an interesting one. Okay, the pot two. Who, who is sorry? Frank de Boer, I think. The fellow lost like seven games in the Premier League. Yeah, the worst Premier League manager in history. Is that according to Jose Mourinho, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dear me. Yeah, you know it's bad when Crystal Palace have now got Hodgson in and they're thinking, oh, thank goodness for that. You know, <laughs> sad state of affairs. Anyway, Pete, pot two. Let's have a look at this. So we've got Switzerland, Poland, Sweden, Wales, Austria, Ukraine, Turkey, Serbia, Slovakia, and Romania. Um, the last two. Probably. Um, I mean, they're probably you'd like to avoid Switzerland. They yes. always seem to qualify for major tournaments, and obviously they... Although, getting some revenge against the Swiss wouldn't be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, probably like to avoid Poland. Down, well. Say that again, Ben, sorry? Yeah, my blood pressure still hasn't come down for Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Poland as well there, Ben, it's just a team I'm looking at. I mean, yeah. there are some... You know, there are some strong teams there. You do want to avoid Switzerland, as Pete says. You want to avoid Poland. Maybe, like, Austria, I wouldn't really fancy playing them and them being the Ukraine. team. Yeah, yeah, I'd take Ukraine. I'd, you know, Turkey, Serbia wouldn't be the worst draw. Um, Slovakia and Romania, I'd almost say, would be, you know, a 50-50 shout. Yeah. To whether we could we could take that second spot. Um, so some interesting teams there. A bit of a mix. Pete, here we'll play them. All right. What's that rustling I hear? What are you pulling out of? Just a just a hat, mate. A, a, oh. An old fashioned hat. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We've got Turkey. Turkey. Hmm. Yeah. I'd take that, wouldn't you? Yeah. We haven't played Turkey certainly in uh, competitive football for. Yeah, I've had a few friendlies against them. I can't yeah. actually remember. I mean, bear in mind, me and you, Pete, were were only sort of twenty two, twenty three. Uh, 
Ben, you're maybe a bit older. Do you ever remember a game against Turkey? No, I'm I'm 32, so I'm older. But no, I don't really remember playing Turkey right now. No. Okay. So um, I mean, I don't know why we're really talking about it because it's it is it's it's a little it? Yeah. It's, I keep keep often tell myself that if UEFA though need a need a day off, um, the three of us are always available. So if if you're listening, Giorgio Marchetti, um. Get on the blower. All right, pot four. St- sticking with you, Pete, then, because um, you've pot four in front of you as well. Yeah. Um, here's the teams. Bosnia, Slovenia, Macedonia, Montenegro, Albania, Bulgaria, Belarus, Israel, Georgia, and Luxembourg. I mean, talk about it, like a, a difference from top to bottom there. You could get Bosnia or you get Luxembourg. I mean, that's that's a that's a cesspit of a pot, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, any anyone but Bosnia, to be honest. You'd, mm-hmm. you'd like to think we could go and beat any of those teams that went away. Um, Bosnia pop four seems a bit of a joke. <laughs> they look like a better outfit than Romania. Do you, know, do you know why it is? I think it's because they got promoted to Ligue A that, uh, that year we won no games in the Nations League. Well, sorry, yeah. that's every year, actually. But year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, not narrowing it down there. I'm at, they got promoted to Ligue A and they've just got hammered by like Italy and the Netherlands and stuff. And um, it's just one of those things. There's no like infallible ranking strategy, really, is there? And they've ended up in pot four. And I'm sure everyone's wanting to avoid them, even though we did beat them. I just wouldn't fancy... I just wouldn't fancy really playing them again because of so much quality. Um, ben Luxembourg obviously is the one that sticks out. Pot four, you usually you're used to putting them amongst the San Marinos, the Andorras, or whatever. But yeah. they have sort of improved in the last few years, and they impressed me at Windsor Park. I think they came to Windsor Park and got sixty-one percent possession about a year ago. Um, they're an improved side, but at the same time, my days I'd take them. Yeah, you bite, I'd bite your hand off for them. Like, uh, they yeah, they might be improved, but you'd like to think we'd be able to get at least at least four points from Luxembourg. Yeah, well, I think you'd be. I think you'd definitely be looking six. Four would be absolute minimum. Um, yeah. Okay, Pete. Pete, it is you. Um, Pete, give yeah. us a pot four team. That's not Bosnia, please. It's Bulgaria. Bulgaria. That's an interesting Another, one. So, um, not bad. Yeah, difficult enough place to go. It's. I mean, pot four in general there just looks like Eastern Europe squared, really, apart from Luxembourg. Like we're we're, we're doing a. Um, we've got a big sort of. Um, flight ahead of us for any of those, really. Um, yeah, Bulgaria probably take it. I think we, I think we played them in a friendly, but we we certainly haven't had them in a qualification campaign mm-hmm. in the last fifteen years. Would that I think we, I, friendly? I remember Barbatov playing. So yes, yeah. it was brilliant that night. Yeah, I was at the game. Yeah, I I, I, I was, was as well actually. I think it uh, was years ago. I remember, I, I loved Berbatov. Like, I, I, even though I'm a Liverpool fan, I really loved Berbatov. And, like, he came off that night and everyone was sort of, like, booing him. <laughs> I just got up and clapped him. <laughs> I, I, it was brilliant. Yeah, but Bulgaria, I mean, Berbatov's long gone. But, yeah, I think we'd probably take that. I think England hammered them in the qualification group last time round. Um, so, yeah, wouldn't be the worst one to have. All right, pot five, Ben. Um, we've got Cyprus, Armenia, Faroe Islands, Azerbaijan, Estonia, Kosovo, Kazakhstan, Lithuania, Latvia, and Andorra. I mean, obviously, you're looking six points from that, no matter who it is, but I'd rather play Andorra than go to Azerbaijan again or Armenia, those those countries that are kind of far away and can be difficult to beat at home sometimes. You take the Faroes as well, like of course. Um, yes, uh, yeah, I mean, yes, I would definitely rather go go there than like Azerbaijan. We, we, I mean, when we went to Azerbaijan, what for twenty sixteen qualifiers and we got a late winner. Yes. Um, not yeah, twenty eighteen qualifiers, I think it was. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. That's right. Actually, it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but so, I, you don't really fancy going there, do you? 
No, no, definitely not. Either on a personal level or a football level, really. Um, yeah, exactly. Okay, give us a pot five team then. Okay. Let's see. Estonia. Estonia again? Yep. It's not, we haven't drawn out a bad grip here. Netherlands, Turkey, Northern Ireland, Bulgaria, Estonia. I mean, it's not bad. I'm just trying, I'm just flapping to see if uh, the Netherlands won their Nations League group to see if I have to do a pot six draw, which I do because they came second. Um, sorry, no, I don't because uh, they're not in the Nations League. Therefore, um, it will be only the, the, the five teams. Um, I think I've got that right, haven't I? I'm not sure. Um, You're the one with the knowledge there. I know, but I've completely flapped it. I'm not going to lie. Um, let me think. So, so they're not playing Nations League. Um, or they're not well, playing qualifiers. No, I do, I do, yeah, I do need a pot six team. I do need a pot six team. Sorry. This this podcast badly needs an edit, but I don't think I'll bother. Okay. We have got Malta to, to wrap it all up. Ben, fancy a trip to Valletta? Uh, yep. I would actually have been there before. Nice place and uh, nice to take three points from. So. Yeah, I mean, it's. I, I've never been myself, but although it is quite sort of a popular holiday destination now, I don't know what that's about, but I don't know if maybe it was always, maybe it always was. I don't know. Would you fancy going? Yeah, why not? This is a decent group we've got here. Yeah. Uh, we could, uh, I mean, that type of group, I mean, you're, it, it is obviously all on the pot two team. If you get a Poland or you get a Switzerland, you're um, you're sort of thinking it's you're going to struggle. But Turkey and then the other three, Bulgaria, Estonia, Malta, you're looking at. Uh, Quick Mars, 18 points from that home and away for those three. Yeah, so, um, well, listen, completely meaningless anyway, but I just wanted <laughs> to do something a little bit uh, a little bit lighthearted before um, before we leave this this tumultuous international year for Northern Ireland uh, in football. Okay, Ben, thanks very much for coming on, mate. Yes, thanks for having me. No, it was great to have you. And Pete, thank you as always. Cheers, mate. Okay, Um I don't know when we'll be back, actually. Um, I might be doing a thing for the, the women's games in a couple of weeks' time. So the women are, are two wins away from a Euro playoff, which is just incredible given the, the sort of state of, of women's football and Northern Irish football even even like 10 years ago. So we're really excited for that. Let me see what I can do with that. But in terms of the senior side, we'll probably have something coming out over Christmas, just a bit of a special. But in terms of games, of course, it is going to be next March now. So thanks to everyone who's sort of tuned into the podcast over the course of over the course of this year um, we've got a lot more traction on the on the twitter on the facebook um, and a lot of people seem to be enjoying the content we're putting out so we'll keep it up you guys keep listening um, and we'll see you again uh, sometime i don't know when <laughs> thanks very much bye-bye